Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. I come to you today with a little bit of a heavy heart as I contemplate the events of the last, what, 15 or so hours? 16 hours? Making reference, of course, to the President of the United States, the man who is supposed to be the leader of this country, the man who promised to bring a new tone who promised to be a uniter rather than a divider, further came out and participated in the lowest form of demagoguery that a president could possibly participate in. I've said before, and I'll repeat again, what this man is doing is downright despicable. It's despicable. I want to have a conversation with you today at the beginning of this broadcast about where we need to go. First off, a reminder, those of you in here in the Carolinas, please go vote. Some of you have a strong conviction about voting election day, and if that's your conviction, do it. Otherwise, if you're able to, vote early. I'm not going to say vote often. We don't play that game here. But I want to go to the concern I have about the propaganda, the fear-mongering that is taking place right now. And I've said before, this is really all the Democrat Party has now. That's it. There's no policy. There is certainly no record to run on. So the only thing left is fear. And so what ends up happening is we have a scenario where here in this election season, everything is geared toward one thing, and that's winning. That's the primary concern. I can't remember who originally said this, but a politician has... Two concerns. Number one is getting elected. Number two is getting reelected. And this is really the heart of this. The sad thing about this, and it's really sad, so many people are susceptible to this. They. You know, let's just be honest. We've got a lot of gullible people out there. A lot of gullible people. 
So as a result, they are going to believe everything that's put out there. All of it. All of the nonsense. Here's one of the things, the most important thing that I've communicated repeatedly on this broadcast. Those of you who are so inclined, my greatest appeal to you is to pray. Because this country really needs it. I do think these are very dangerous times. I think we have a powder keg. And we have people who are determined to find multiple sources for ignition. And this is not about any real concern about the country. This is about exploitation. This is about a power grab to further empower big government to protect you from fill in the blank, whatever it is. And this is one of the questions you have to ask. At the end of the day, what is the real motivation of the people who are running for office? Is it to empower you or to empower themselves? And lest anybody get this twisted, there are way too many Republicans who are going to empower themselves. I don't mind saying that because there are a lot of Republicans who do not know what small r republicanism is. They have no idea and many of them don't care either. I'm thankful to say there are people within the sound of my voice, you are represented by some really wonderful people and I hope I don't leave out anybody. I think of Congressman Jeff Duncan. I also think of Dan Bishop. They're people who genuinely are servants. And they're there to serve, ultimately, to serve God and to serve you, not themselves. And it's really important. That's a very important distinction. So yesterday evening, we get more of the same from Joe Biden. The UK Daily Mail headline on this, Biden warns dark forces that thirst for power could prevail in the midterms. President Link's attack on Paul Pelosi to Trump, the big lie, January 6th, and MAGA Republicans in divisive speech warning of autocracy and 300 election deniers. UK Daily Mail does such a great job, and I have to hand it to them. Because a phrase they have put in this particular headline is right on the money. Divisive speech. Because that's exactly what we got last night. These are experts in projection. In other words, you have some really horrible, despicable people. And they're trying to convince you that their opponents are the ones who are despicable. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. In some cases, both sides are despicable. I'm just calling it like it is, because there are some people out there who are not 
dedicated first and foremost to the Constitution of the United States and restoring this republic. That's not the number one goal. It's power. I don't care who it is, and I don't care which party they represent. I'm not interested. When we come back, you're going to hear, if you didn't already, the comments from Joe Biden, also his spokesperson, addressing this issue. And again, folks, what have I told you before? What are they running on? What are the Democrats running on? Two things. It's January 6th, and it's abortion. That's it. That's all they've got. And they're beating this January 6th thing. And I've told you before, what I think they've done with this entire Pelosi matter is disgusting. It's exploitation. That's the nicest thing I can say about it. Exploitation for political purposes. So everything I hear Biden talk about, about people using things for political power, it applies to him. We'll talk about this and much more as we continue. Stay with us. And back on the broadcast here over on the text line. I like this one. Mr. Coakley, the American electorate needs to operate out of the principle of, I love my country. I don't trust my government. As you know, trust must be earned daily. Amen. Vince Biden is a dementia-ridden vegetable. He literally can't remember five minutes ago. Let him badmouth us. Just means more Republicans going to the polls. <laughs> you said Democrats have nothing to run on. Can you tell me what the Republicans are running on? Can you do it without saying Biden, Democrats, or socialism? Prime was here when Republicans had control. The borders hadn't been solved when Republicans were in control. So what do you and the Republicans have or have done or proposed that is different? I can only talk about where I stand. I'm not here to defend or speak for anybody else. I'm 100% voting for only pro-cannabis candidates. This time, sick of the conservative prohibitionists holding this back. Hmm. One issue voter here. Quite interesting. So you ready to hear this? I I just want to give you a heads up. If you're eating, you might want to put the food down. Because this is really sickening. One other thing I'd like to remind you of, and, and this is not new to most of you in this audience... You certainly recognize that this is not a democracy. It's a republic. And for the very reasons, I am thankful to God that we have a republic for the very reason that right now we have in the White House the biggest danger to a republic, to a democratic republic. See, a republic is in place To protect us from people like Joe Biden. Because if they had their way, which God forbid they would, they would do all kinds of things to limit your speech, as we will hear and talk about here. 
and basically criminalize things that are protected by our U.S. Constitution. Let me just make a comment here so you understand where I'm coming from. I do not embrace the idea the election was stolen. I don't. But I have no intention of trying to, in any way, criminalize or demonize people who believe that from a position of political power. I have strong objections to the people out promoting this message. I really do. But I'm a radio talk show host. I'm not in government. That's where this gets dangerous. Because you have people who literally want to silence speech. And the real test of how much you believe in free speech comes to the issue of whether you're willing to allow it when it's something you profoundly disagree with. As I said, the left is preoccupied. They're obsessed with January 6th. It's like a fetish to them. So they just love, I'm just, and I don't mind saying this. Remember I told you about the BLM movement? I made the statement that the BLM movement and many of the people of that mindset would rather have dead martyrs than live people who behave like they have sense. I'm not saying all cases. But I'm saying many of these cases. Interestingly enough, I had a black friend of mine surprise me talking about these issues of black folks and cops. He's like, most of the time, they're breaking the law. If you just comply and not break the law, you don't have an issue. Most of the time. And I know there are exceptions. But I digress. So let's start with Biden's attempt to tie what happened to Paul Pelosi to January 6th. Here is the first thing we'll share. He carried in his backpack zip ties, duct tape, rope, and a hammer. As he told the police, he had come looking for Nancy Pelosi to take her hostage to interrogate her, to threaten to break her kneecaps. But she wasn't there. Her husband, my friend Paul Pelosi, was home alone. The assailant tried to take Paul hostage. He woke him up. He wanted to tie him up. The assailant ended up using a hammer to smash Paul's skull. Thankfully, by the grace of God, Paul survived. All this happened after the assault. And it just, I, it's hard to even say. It's hard to even say. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol on January the 6th. When they broke windows, kicked in the doors, brutally attacked law enforcement, roamed the corridors hunting for officials, and erected gallows to hang the former Vice President Mike Pence. 
And, of course, you can't complete this without going even further. And who do you blame for all of this? Well, who else? Donald Trump. Listen up. It was an enraged mob that had been whipped up into a frenzy by a president repeating over and over again the big lie that the election of 2020 had been stolen. It's a lie that fueled the dangerous rise in political violence and voter intimidation over the past two years. Even before January the 6th, we saw election officials and election workers in a number of states subject to menacing calls, physical threats, even threats to their very lives. In Georgia, for example, Republican Secretary of State and his family were subjected to death threats because he refused to break the law and give in to the defeated president's demand, just find him 11,780 votes. Just find me 11,780 votes. Election workers like Shea Moss and her mother, Ruby Freeman, were harassed and threatened just because they had the courage to do their job and stand up for the truth, to stand up for our democracy. You're going to keep hearing this over and over again. Stand up for democracy. Stand up for democracy. Remember what democracy is. It's mob rule. You do not want this mob running your country. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast... Over on the text line, Vince, it seems our so-called uniter-in-chief spends more time eviscerating half the country, does going after terrorists that are actually enemies of the country. That's from Jeff. And this is a text that saddens me. I've already replied to it. Hello and good morning, Vince. My schedule today will probably not give me an opportunity to listen to your show, so I need to say this out loud. So I think I can process it. But for the first time in my voting life, and I became voting age in 1995, I want to vote Republican, but I'm afraid to, Vince. How crazy does that sound? I cannot rationalize voting for the side that 95% of people who don't want me or people like me in this country support. I tip my hat to you because you're braver than me, sir. Anyway, have a great show. Regardless of how I vote, you'll always have a fan here. Wow. A lot in that particular text, isn't there? To think the election was not stolen after all the evidence of fraud has been found is utter foolishness and demonstrates your blindness. I Here's what I'm saying, and here's what I've said from the beginning. I was willing to give this a chance if there was something that was provable in a courtroom that would be something for the courts to work with so far there's been nothing that's where I am and that's where I'm staying for the time being Vince I'm only voting for people who follow the science just kidding (laughs) the spirit of the Constitution is clear unpopular speech is protected by First Amendment speech If we all 
always agreed we would not need to explain it because we would all agree hate speech is legal speech violence is unacceptable free speech is peaceful used to terrorize but threatening speech is illegal it's all very clear If voter fraud is not real, the 2020 election was not stolen, why are the Democrats making a big deal out of wanting to come after people who are coming and claiming those things? Why not have discussions instead of censorship? Unless you know. Understand good question, Jeff. What else do we have here? real danger to the country and our democracy isn't any elected official. It's the criminal bureaucracies, the FBI, DOJ, etc., and the compliant media that bury truth. Federal lifer employees must be eliminated. Boy, you've gotten to the heart of something that we still have not had a conversation about. We have not. Let us see here. Was the lie or wrong that Biden's what Biden said yesterday? He touched on what your listening audience convey every day. He didn't use hyperbole to make his case. Just because he's using to remind his voters what you and others say doesn't make it divisive. It's called calling a spade a spade. If he gets people to the polls, he has done his job. What is, was it divisive when Trump or any other president in history went out trying to get people to vote for them or their policies? Here's an idea. Get people to the polls to vote for your ideas. Well, that's a good one. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. I, I want you to hear, again, and this, see, I don't care if a talk show host says this. Or a candidate says this. When you are the top law enforcement person on the planet in the United States of America, it's a problem. Because what you're about to hear is a president who's literally saying he is targeting free speech here. And essentially equating speech that he disagrees with, with violence. This is dangerous, folks for government to participate in. But anyway, I want you to listen to how Joe Biden connects what he believes to be lies with violence. Listen up. This intimidation, this violence against Democrats, Republicans, and nonpartisan officials just doing their jobs are the consequence of lies told for power and profit Lies of conspiracy and malice. Lies repeated over and over to generate a cycle of anger, hate, vitriol, and even violence. In this moment, we have to confront those lies with the truth. The very future of our nation depends on it. My fellow Americans, we're facing a defining moment, an inflection point. We must, with one overwhelming, unified voice, speak as a country and say there's no place, no place for voter intimidation or political violence in America. 
whether it's directed at Democrats or Republicans. No place, period. No place ever. Oh, boy. See, again, this is dangerous because you have people in the White House right now and in other parts of the government who do not believe this texture is right in the body. Biden is talking about his party. Yes, this is who they are. They're the dangerous ones, and they're trying to shift the attention away from themselves and onto Donald Trump and company. Let me tell you something. Nobody is more dangerous than the people in power right now. Donald Trump can't do anything to me. He can't. But the man in the White House and the myriad agencies in this government can do all kinds of things to you and to me. If we find ourselves on the wrong side of them and their ideas, this is dangerous stuff, folks. This is nothing to play with. And I'm, I'm appealing to you for this reason alone. If there's no other reason, he has to suffer a crushing defeat next Tuesday. I'm appealing to you, even Democrats. Hang with me on this. Even Democrats. Vote for the Republican candidate. Do not empower this man to do any more of what he's doing now. This man needs a rebuke. A profound rebuke. And I've said before, I hope it's so overwhelming on election day that we know the results election night and there's no reason although it may take some days to count some votes but we're gonna know my hope is we're gonna know early Tuesday night that's the hope I hold on to stay with us Over on the text line, this person responding to the texter earlier who said they would like to vote Republican, but they think the people in the party will reject him. Do that texter, as a Republican or a conservative, I can tell him personally, there's no single group of people we do not welcome to be part of the conservative movement. I'm sure this information is coming from the Democrat side. There's a lot of propaganda out there. No question about that. The other part of this, the other part of this, and it's really important, it's vital that we communicate personally. We are welcoming people. This is very important. This texture says... The more people that vote, the better it is for Democrats. I'll set out a water bucket for you Tuesday night. <laughs> also this, I'm appealing to my black brothers and sisters who vote Democrat to please rethink how you vote. All the struggles this country and people are facing were supposed to happen under the last administration, we were told. Well, look where we are now. Yep. You hit that one right on the head. That's what's scary is that Trump caused all of this. Trump exposed them for how corrupt they are. 
just how far they will go for power, their lies and desperation, so obvious right now, they don't even care. They're panicking. That they are. Uh, let's hear more of the president. In fact, I'm trying to remember how many items, because I think I sent uh, a number of items to Chris before I um, perhaps track this down. Yes, there were five here. The, the one thing that I did not play for you there is a clip. Um, let me just put it this way. Chris, why don't you play the remaining clip that I have not touched on? This is not from last night, but this is a bit of compilation audio from the other day and his comments he made basically tying the attacker to January 6th. That's what this is. Uh, listen to his comments again. It's one thing to condemn the violence. But you can't condemn the violence unless you condemn those people who continue to argue the election was not real, that it's being stolen, that all the, all the malarkey that's being put out there to undermine democracy. So the, the talk has to stop. That's the problem. That's the problem. You can't just say, I feel badly about the violence, and we condemn it. Condemn what produces the violence. And this talk produces the violence. Did you hear this? The talk produces the violence. What a jackass. I don't mind saying that. Talk produces violence. No, violence is in the heart of the person who carries out the violence, you idiot. This is so maddening. There are a lot of things out there that somebody could potentially carry out violence over. The ideas are not the problem. It's the heart of the individual. This also goes to the heart of the gun issue. The gun is not the problem. The heart of the individual is the problem. But if you're a politician and you're desperate for votes, desperate to hold on to power, isn't this what he talked about? See, he's revealing his own heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What has he been talking about? How people will do anything, say anything, to hold on to power. He's talking about his freaking self. So he's going to say anything to castigate, denigrate, humiliate those he believes to be political enemies. And I don't mind saying this. I will say this a thousand times. The person in the Oval Office needs to be above this. I didn't care for this kind of nonsense when Donald Trump was in office, and I don't care for it now either. It's beneath the presidency. It's beneath it. For God's sake, can we get these old coots, these angry, bitter old men, out of politics? Please. And no, I don't want a rematch in 2024. This country has bigger issues. Much bigger issues. Than these old men going around 
with their issues. I'll let you fill in the blank. We'll talk a little bit more about this, then go on to other news that is developing, and there is other news. The cost continuing to go up. Your Thanksgiving dinner is going to cost more this year. Boy, is that a shocker. Another disappointment out of the Supreme Court. I cannot believe the ruling they've made in one case. And a pretty interesting uh, couple of people involved in the political process. A Democrat helping Republicans and a Republican helping Democrats. (laughs) We'll go into this in hour number two, which is straight ahead. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on or embolish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two and over on the text line, we start with this. What frosts my pumpkin? Never heard that expression before. Five days before the election, the media gave Biden free airtime to bash Republicans. Where are the gutless Republicans who should demand equal time to rebut? I'm with you on this. This was not a presidential speech at all. This was a political advertisement. That's what it was. Pure and simple. I'm not sure what the Republicans did. I'm really not sure. I wish we could find our way past the two-party system. It produces politicians who only represent the party, not the people. Yep. The bitter old men will stay in office as both sides don't want to risk losing one election and will keep voting for what's safe. The only thing you don't have, bitter old men in politics, is for those same bitter to create, vote, and pass term limits. That's not likely to happen. So we are all the problem. And I guess that makes for good talk radio. (laughs) Maddening talk radio. We also have this. Jeff would like to take a swing at this. Go right ahead, Jeff. The Democrat helping the Republicans is Tulsi Gabbard, right? The Republican helping Democrats? Mitch McConnell. Do I get a prize? (laughs) We'll find out, Jeff. One more bit of audio I want to share with you. And this is from Jean-Pierre... Jean-Pierre, Ms. Jean-Pierre, she is the one who is the spokesperson for the White House. And here's her compilation, basically the justification behind tying the Pelosi attack and January 6th together. And again, this whole message of condemnation, condemnation, condemn. You know, ever since I was a child, I used to hate seeing people come out and condemn the obvious. Why do people have to just make comments? You know what I'm saying? What what purpose does it serve? And on some level, I get it. But in another, another way, it's like, so what? But anyway... Let's listen to Ms. Jean-Pierre. It should not be controversial to speak out against political violence. Uh, It should be something as as political leaders should automatically do in a forceful 
way. And you all have reported on what happened uh, to Paul Pelosi and how horrific it was and how devastating it was and how dangerous uh, that action was. Uh, and the rhetoric that we're seeing, that rise of rhetoric that we are seeing, uh, you know, you have people out there who listen and who take that rhetoric very seriously. And so the president believes that it shouldn't have to, he, he shouldn't have to call them to say, hey, you need to condemn, condemn what happened a little for, more forcefully. That is something that it should just be uh, something that's automatic and they should just do that. Look, the president, again, is making this speech because we're, we're seeing an alarming number of Republican uh, Republican officials who are saying they're being very clear. Uh, they're not going to accept the results of these elections. That's a problem. And yes, when we see what happened to uh, Paul Pelosi, and again, the president spoke, uh, you all know, you've heard, you've, heard us, you've heard us say this, the president spoke to uh, the speaker on Friday. He spoke very forcefully at his event Friday, after, uh, Friday evening. Uh, he spoke to this again on Saturday. And just yesterday uh, in Florida, Florida, uh, uh, he spoke in front in front of um, Florida Floridians about this this attack, and so uh, look, he he's going to continue to call this out. Uh, what we're seeing is is a attack on our de democracy, and the president has been very clear: we need to protect our democracy, we need to strengthen our democracy, and he feels uh, it is important as the president of the United States to continue uh, to speak to this. Oh my goodness. This is horrible. And I'm serious. I hope these folks get their asses kicked next week. I'm, I'm just being very straightforward about this. And I hope it is such an ass-kicking. These people recognize this was not a good strategy. That people will see right through it and recognize it for what it is. And let me just add something else. Because this is really important. If the Republicans win back the House and the Senate, if they do not get some positive things accomplished, and I recognize some things involve a signature from the president. I get that. But they, if they don't tangibly accomplish anything, take a stand for anything, then they are, um, let's just say, there will be consequences. People aren't going to put up with this long. They really aren't. Let us see here. <laughs> Jim out of Easley says, I hate to admit it, but I really do miss little red lying hood. <laughs> At least her lies were vaguely plausible. But cringe Pierre doesn't even try to cover up the lies. It's pretty sad, isn't it? So are you promoting equal time? Does that include on your show? Or is it because you don't like the current president? No, I'm saying in general. If Donald Trump went out and spent the entire time, and if he asked for prime time, and he went out and he delivered an entirely political speech, that's all it was about, had nothing to do with policy, it was not really an address to the American people and their interests, I'd say the same thing. It would be entirely inappropriate for the networks to accept that without giving equal time, especially a week away from the election. They know better than this, but you know which side they're on. It's very obvious. On the lighter side, how many of you went out and bought Powerball tickets? 
Come on, admit it. Some of you did it secretly and quietly, too. You don't want it known that, hey, I played the lottery. Yes, I even bought some tickets right before the cutoff time last night. <laughs> I did indeed. Your chance at winning who wants to be a billionaire is going to another round, though. Nobody won last night. No winning tickets sold for the $1.2 billion jackpot. Winning numbers 2, 11, 22, 35, 60, and the Powerball was 23. Now, the jackpot goes up to a whopping $1.5 billion for Saturday. If one ticket wins, the holder chooses lump sum. That's a one-time payment of $745.9 million. Isn't this crazy? The annuity option would spread 30 payments across 29 years. So we've had 39 consecutive Powerball drawings since August. No winner. This is one of the largest in U.S. history. Pretty amazing, isn't it? The record, a $1.586 billion Powerball grand prize shared by winners in California, Florida, and Tennessee. That was January 2016, according to Powerball. In July, a $1.337 billion Mega Millions jackpot won by a ticket in Illinois. And a $1.537 billion Mega Millions prize claimed in South Carolina in 2019. Will you be next? Stay tuned. Back of the broadcast over on the text line. Vince, great show. Thank you for all you do to spread the conservative word. I've not heard of a conservative mowing down a young conservative because of their views. What does our world come to? Biden's rhetoric is to purposely stoke violence in hopes of shutting down the election with martial law. (laughs) On the lottery, Vince, I won two bucks last night. I'm rich. (laughs) Vince, there will be no consequences if or when the Republicans take over and accomplish nothing. said the same thing about Lindsey Graham. Yet I'll bet. If you could, you'd vote for him. So please stop it. Vince, I invested in a sure thing. Half-price Halloween candy. (laughs) If it shouldn't be controversial to speak out about political violence, where were they in 2020? That's right. Kamala Harris was collecting funding to bail them out. I'm starting to think this no-cash bail thing is a way of keeping their political violence army on the streets. Pretty crazy, isn't it? Joe refers to the Powerball lottery as a tax on the stupid. Who are you calling stupid? (laughs) Although I'm a U.S. citizen, I did experience a xenophobic attitude towards me from individuals who call themselves conservative. What is fascism anyway? Well, let me help you out with that. First off, let me first renounce anybody who claims to be conservative. And if there was anything genuinely xenophobic communicated towards you, That person is not a conservative. That's not what conservatives are. 
and my apologies to you for what you've experienced. Because that's whatever the case, not what this country is about. Fascism always comes back to one very important thing, control. Ask yourself, who is trying to control? Who wants bigger government? For the federal government to get involved in more things and control more things. Who wants the federal government to take in more money, no matter where it comes from? Who is it? These are the questions you have to ask about fascism. Who's trying to shut down speech? There's another important question. Liz Cheney out actively campaigning for Democrats. Vince, that person who texts expressing fear of voting Republican. Because he's black, I would tell him her, your vote is private. I've stopped trying to convince some of my circle why I see things. For instance, if gasoline was sub $2 and goes past $4, what changed? Uh, yeah. I just tuned in. Perhaps you've already discussed this. It's a strategy by the Dems to keep banging the drum. Republicans won't accept the results of the election because they feel confident the combination of fake votes and possibly machine corruption will give them wins. Mm-hmm. Vince, regarding the lottery, I tell my friends this. If I disappear without a trace and you don't see my family on the news looking for me, then you know. But let's be real here. When somebody does actually win this silly lottery, I'll be the IRS. <laughs> oh, it'll be the IRS that are the billionaires, not the winner. A measly $500 million is all the winner would walk away with. Jeff, uh, it's, it's a big win for them, isn't it? Vince, too many in government are only in it. To win it, they suffer from the me, myself, and I syndrome. We pay the price. If the Republicans take back power, I predict they won't do diddly squat. I, I can't say that I can challenge at all your perspective and concern. I want to quickly get to this, wow, time zipping away, an unfortunate ruling by the Supreme Court letting stand a ruling that the TSA can require airline passengers to wear masks during the height of the pandemic. This was a precedent issued by a federal appeals court. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit ruling said TSA had broad authority to maintain security and safety during national emergencies. TSA scrapped the mask mandate in April after a federal judge in a different case said the requirement exceeded the agency's power. This is a defeat for Jonathan Corbett, a California lawyer, self-described frequent flyer who sued to challenge the mask mandate. He asked the Supreme Court to either take up his appeal or declare the case legally moot and wipe away the D.C. Circuit opinion so it could not serve as a precedent. President Biden put the mandate in place in his first full day in office, issuing an executive order requiring masks in airports and on planes, trains, intercity buses and other forms of transportation. And his administration urged the Supreme Court to keep the D.C. Circuit opinion in force. The D.C. Circuit handles an outside, an outsized share of cases involving the power of federal government agencies. This is why, from my perspective, this was a major loss. Very unfortunate. 
that the court has ruled this way, but that's what we've got, folks. So let's talk about the campaign trail. We have some interesting things going out there, including Liz Cheney, one of Donald Trump's fiercest critics, lending her support to two Democrats battling for key swing seats in the final days of the U.S. midterm elections. Cheney expressed support for Democrat candidates in Ohio and Michigan as a bulwark against her own party's lurch toward Trump, whom she argues is a threat to democracy. What an idiot. As you know, she's the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, once seen as the tax-cutting, gun-loving, God-fearing, small-government apothesis of American conservatism. Now she's been disowned by her own party. After refusing to accept Trump's claims of a stolen 2020 election, she has played a key role, leading role, on the Congressional Committee investigating the former president's role in January 6th. As you know, she was booted out of the leadership. She lost her primary back in Wyoming, thank goodness. Now, Republicans are showing strong momentum to at least take back the House. So Cheney's on the campaign trail, campaigning for Democrats. (laughs) This is hilarious. In the Senate race in Ohio... Cheney said she preferred Democratic candidate Tim Ryan over Republican J.D. Vance, who once fiercely opposed Trump, but has since changed his tune. Cheney later traveled to Michigan to attend a campaign event with candidate Alyssa Slotkin, also a Democrat, whom she had officially endorsed a few days earlier. I don't know that I've ever voted for a Democrat, but if I lived in Arizona, I absolutely would. That's what she says in a campaign ad that started airing In the battleground southwest state, the winds of political change are also blowing in the other direction. And the texter who sent this in, you're correct. Former Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, who represented her state as a Democrat, but recently declared herself an independent, has been campaigning for Republican nominees in several gubernatorial and Senate races. I think I'll take Tulsi over Liz Cheney anytime. I'm just saying. the text line what's so funny is your listening audience complaining about democrats talking about people not accepting the election yet they bring up every false talking point like ballot machines changing votes other off-the-wall things while complaining about the democrats was liz ever a republican as would be the same case for romney too bad the old blue dog democrats are gone which party do you think benefits in the long run if Liz switched to Democrats, Tulsi goes Republican, which party gets a bigger net gain? I think the Democrats benefit as Tulsi is only going to appeal to voters that are already voting Republican. Very interesting. By the way, new poll. I think this just came out yesterday. If I see this correctly, Republicans Ted Bud 
has reached two levels he's not reached before. A new poll shows that more than half of voters now choose him to replace retiring Richard Burr, his lead over Democrat Sherry Beasley is outside of the margin of error. The findings of the latest Emerson College polling showing 50.3% of the very likely voters in this year's election say they will or have voted for Bud. Beasley at 45.2, the five percentage point spread, double what it was a month ago. Looks like Ted Bud may be peaking at just the right time. The gun shop owner from Advance who's represented the 13th Congressional District since 2016, has led Beasley in head-to-head matchups since pre-primary polling back in May. But this poll shows that more previously undecided voters are making up their minds in his favor. There are now only 2.1% who've not made their choice. Pretty small number. 9.2 percentage points fewer than just a month ago. And a lot of that swing has been among women so new information in that north carolina senate race which will be very closely watched next week another uh, interesting item on the elections an interesting endorsement this one for dr mehmet oz And it's interesting who has endorsed him. It's the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Here's what's interesting about this. It's John Fetterman's hometown newspaper (laughs) saying that Oz is the better bet for Pennsylvania for a variety of reasons, including concerns over the Democrats' lack of real work experience, maturity, and anti-fracking policies. Mr. Fetterman's life experience and maturity are also concerns. He's lived off his family's money for much of his life. This has allowed him to do some good things, including mentoring disadvantaged young people and working to improve community policing and economic development. That work, along with his six-foot-eight frame, shaved head and tattoos, attracted national media attention. Still, Mr. Fetterman, despite his hoodies and shorts, has little experience in holding real jobs or facing the problems of working people. This is really good. Really good. There's much more here, but again, the irony of this, John Fetterman's hometown newspaper, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, endorsing Dr. Oz in that particular race. That will be one of the closely watched contests on election night. How many of you are shocked by this? Thanksgiving dinner will be a lot more expensive this year. A lot pricier. Market research firm IRI predicts your Thanksgiving meal will cost about 13.5% more compared to last year based on how retail prices in the four weeks through October 16th compared to the same period Back in 2021, IRI measures items including turkey and other meat, baking essentials, beverages, popular side dishes, and a list of Thanksgiving foods. Now, even if retailers offer promotions in the weeks or days leading up to the holiday, these prices will still likely be higher than the same period a year ago. Promotions could actually swing the number a little 
but they're not going to swing in a meaningful way. If anything, there's slightly less promotions because manufacturers have been increasing prices as their own costs have risen. More expensive this year for Thanksgiving because the high grocery prices in general, we had extreme weather, drought, diseases, avian flu, stubbornly high food inflation, In the year through September, not adjusted for seasonal shifts, grocery prices up 13%. About 38% of consumers are expected to pay more for Thanksgiving meals this year, even though they're planning to buy the same amount of food. There can still be some relief in the grocery aisle. Discount retailers like Aldi and Lidl promising low prices on some Thanksgiving favorites this year. That's a clever strategy. Aldi said it would still lower some prices to 2019 levels. Lidl's saying that its typical Thanksgiving basket, including frozen turkey, fresh cranberries, sweet potatoes, and more, will cost under $30 and feed 10 people while supplies last. Discount retailers have picked up new customers. As inflation has written, I'll tell you one thing for sure. I have... Spent more time in one of my favorite spots, the Dollar Twenty Five Tree. I don't mind telling you that, the Dollar Twenty Five Tree, because that's what it is now. Uh, anything that I can get there, I get there. Just keep it simple, and buy everything else at the other usual suspects. I don't need to mention the names of those stores. They don't need any free advertising. Just saying. What are your plans? Any changes this year because of the cost, the price? Kind of curious as to how you will approach it and whether this will impact people very much. And, of course, you know what we will talk about next. How is it going to look for Christmas? Will people spend as usual? Are they going to cut back at all? Or are we going to see the same usual spend what we don't have? Which we would never do, right? (laughs) Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.